evening. Our top story tonight, training camp is back. We are 50 days from NFL kickoff, Kansas City Chiefs versus Detroit Lions. And we've got some news. The Kansas City's rookies and quarterbacks have reported for training camp. We've got an update on Isaiah Pacheco's injuries. We've got an update on Kendra Miller's injury as well. Leonard Fournette is working out for the Patriots. We have news. We have so much news, and it is a great feeling. This is going to continue as training camps continue to roll along. We're going to have news on news on news, and that is why you tune in to Player Profiler today. Our first piece of news on the day is Isaiah Pacheco, the lead running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, the between the tackles grinder with a little bit of receiving upside, Isaiah Pacheco. Now, we were worried that Isaiah Pacheco, he would not be practicing to start training camp. He underwent two off-season surgeries, one to repair a torn labrum in his shoulder, the other to fix a broken hand. And Isaiah Pacheco played through those injuries in the Super Bowl. He is an absolute monster. The guy is willing to grit through the pain to produce for his team. And let's be honest, Isaiah Pacheco probably hurt the running back market quite a bit when you win a Super Bowl with a lead back drafted in the seventh round as your starter. Yeah, running back becomes a replaceable position. And it's also unfortunate for Pacheco because he's going to be cost controlled for the next four years or at least three more years after his initial rookie season, but then they can franchise tag him. Oh, running backs. It is unfortunate, but the good news for Isaiah Pacheco and the Kansas city chiefs, he is practicing. Now he is in a yellow, no contact Jersey. And of course it's a yellow Jersey because the Kansas city chiefs were red. So they put yellow on for the non-contact, but that's okay. The fact that Isaiah Pacheco is practicing with the team that he is taking kick return reps, which he probably won't be doing a whole lot come the regular season because he's going to be the starting running back. But it's just nice to see Isaiah Pacheco back. He's looking good. He's looking fit. Isaiah Pacheco is locked in as a rock-solid RB2 with the upside for more. Because once Isaiah Pacheco entered the starting lineup, or at least became a regular fixture of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, over his final 12 games with the Kansas City Chiefs, including the playoffs, he put up double-digit fantasy points in 10 of those 12 targets. Isaiah Pacheco, just a rock-solid RB2 no matter what. He is just going to get double-digit points. And then we saw in the AFC Championship against the Cincinnati Bengals, he drew six targets. The guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm excited about Isaiah Pacheco. I am happy that he is back at practice. This is just the best news that we could have possibly gotten. And it's just going to continue along. Less good news for the Kansas City Chiefs. Rashi Rice looked rough today in practice. Now again, it's practice. We're talking about practice. But practice does matter. Rashi Rice was struggling. It was too hot. He had to go inside for a little bit, left practice, came back to practice, returned, and then threw up on the field. But hey, Rashi Rice is in good spirits about it, says that he's got no issue with throwing up. That just means he's working hard, and that is a good thing. 
I don't know if it's a good thing, but hey, at least he's taken in stride. It's not going to be the end of the world. We remember the Traylon Burks asthma that plagued him throughout training camp. It's fine, all things considered. But with Sky Moore reportedly having the inside track at that slot receiver position, this just is going to put Rashi Rice a little behind the eight ball if he is not in tip-top physical condition like we know Sky Moore is. But we'll see once Sky Moore reports to training camp, once all these other receivers report to training camp. Remember, right now, it's just the rookies, the quarterbacks, and the guys coming off of injury. So that's why Isaiah Pacheco is at practice. That's why we got the good news early on him. Were he healthy, he wouldn't have shown up to training camp for another couple of days, which would have been fine. But they wanted him in early so the doctors could check him. And the doctors said, yep, check that off. Isaiah Pacheco is healthy. So we'll have more updates as the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs continue to roll in. We'll be able to tell you who the RB Three is behind Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. It's going to be CEH to start the season, but Daenerys Prince is going to be hot on his heels. And if you want to know more about Isaiah Pacheco from yours truly, because I covered him for the world-famous draft kit, Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world-famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, We also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. 
It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's 5 bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. And the injury finder becomes extra important with training camp rolling around with all of these hits that will be taking place. And we do have an unfortunate injury update on Kendra Miller. The news for Isaiah Pacheco was good. The news for Kendra Miller is so far bad. It's not the end of the world, but Kendra Miller, the running back from the Saints drafted in the third round at a TCU has been placed on the non-football injury list. Now, there are a couple different ways you can land on the non-football injury list. Obviously, for Kendra Miller, this is because of the knee injury he suffered in college. But because this was a college injury, not an NFL injury, it's considered non-football, even though he literally hurt his knee playing football. It's the same thing as Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams last year tore his ACL at Alabama in a game. Well, it's considered non-football injury because it happened before the NFL. You can also end up on the NFI if you suffer an injury not playing football. Terrell Suggs, remember he tore his Achilles playing basketball in his driveway. That was considered a non-football injury. And then teams can take away some of your bonus because of that, or the guaranteed money can be voided because you suffered an injury not playing football. Obviously, this doesn't apply to the rookies who suffered the injuries in college. That's written into their language. But Kendra Miller starts on the non-football injury list. And it's because he had a knee injury. He either had surgery to repair his MCL or he had surgery to repair his meniscus or he had surgery to repair both. And this is one of those big things with college to the NFL is that we don't really always find out exactly what happened. And even in the NFL, we really don't find out what happened we don't with Zach Ertz we know it was an ACL but we don't know what other injury what other ligaments were torn and for Kendra Miller we don't know if it was the MCL if it was the meniscus or both but if it was just the MCL that would be a four-month return to play but if it's the MCL and the meniscus that could end up being a six-month return to play now the Saints remain optimistic optimistic they're saying he's going to work off to the side that he is going to return for training camp, that this is not a concern, that this is not a medical issue, that this is just easing Kendra Miller back into a football life, into a football regimen. So we'll keep you updated. But for now, it is bad news for Kendra Miller, and it is great news for Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams could be the RB1 because Kendra Miller, if he does miss week one, or if he does miss part of training camp, can't get up to speed. Well, that's going to put him behind the eight ball with Alan Kamara potentially suspended to start the season. Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of people off to a hot start. Leonard Fournette is the other news that we have. Leonard Fournette is working out for the New England Patriots. And that's a thing for Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson was pretty open about the fact that he broke down at the end of the year, that the workload was too much for him, that he wanted some 
carries off someone else to take part of the workload, which is understandable. And we had hope that, oh, it'll just be Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong mixes in. He takes away some of those touches. Kevin Harris maybe takes some of the between the tackles carries. It'll all be fine if this is the case. You know, it'll be a work, reduced workload for Andre Stevenson, but not too, too badly. But, but with Leonard Fournette potentially coming in, that's that's bad. It's as bad as Dalvin Cook. And I know that probably sounds crazy, but with Dalvin Cook, he was probably going to see more carries and less targets, potentially, maybe still some of both. But with Leonard Fournette, this essentially means that Ramondre Stevenson's not going to be on the field for third downs. Leonard Fournette was a better receiver than Ramondre Stevenson last year across the board. It doesn't matter what category other than targets and targets are a skill, but 84 targets for Leonard Fournette, 88 targets for Ramondre Stevenson. So let's call that essentially even, even though we'll give that to Ramondre Stevenson, but across the board, Leonard Fournette was better. Leonard Fournette caught 74 of his 84 targets while Ramondre Stevenson caught 69 of his 88 targets. So more targets for Ramondre Stevenson, fewer receptions. He had fewer yards, 421 yards compared to 529 for Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette averaged 6.3 yards per reception to 4.8 for Ramondre Stevenson. That's a yard and a half difference per reception in favor of Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette was even more efficient as a route runner. 1.5 yards per route run. Ramondre Stevenson, 1.34 yards per route run. Leonard Fournette's just a better receiver than Ramondre Stevenson. And people want to say Uncle Len is washed, and they're wrong. People have thought Uncle Len was washed since his time in Jacksonville. He signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He proves he's not washed. Then he does it again. And then even last year, still goes out and is a dominant receiver. Leonard Fournette is bad, bad news for Ramondre Stevenson especially because it's the targets. It's the targets that are going to suffer. If it was just the carries, I'd be okay with it. But Leonard Fournette is going to be playing a lot of third downs. And Leonard Fournette is also a pretty damn good goal line back. He is a hammer on the goal line. Ramondre Stevenson is too, don't get me wrong, but there's a chance that Leonard Fournette becomes the LeGarrette Blunt, that he's the one in on the goal line. And that would just mean Ramondre Stevenson is the early down between the 20s running back. That would mean Ramondre Stevenson is Damian Harris. And that would just be devastating. Ramondre Stevenson, his ADP's got to fall. We thought we were safe. We are very clearly not safe. Moving on to the rest of the news around the NFL. We had an update from the Jacksonville Jaguars, another running back update, this time on Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby impressed his coaches both in the passing game and his big playability. And the running back coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely fell in love with Tank Bigsby during the scouting process. He would go and he'd watch one back, just the, you know, the cut-ups, whatever. If it was rushing, receiving, you know, they have all these different cut-ups. So he'd go and watch one running back. Okay, move on to the next one. All right, watch that. Move on to the next one. By the time you got to Tank Bigsby, well, he wasn't moving on to the next one. He watched Tank Bigsby. Well, wait, line that back. Line that back again. We'll start that cut up over again. 
he just couldn't stop watching Tank Bigsby. And I know this is the time of year where people just lie and say that everyone's perfect, but these are the kinds of stories that I actually believe. Why would the Jaguars lie that their running back coach really enjoyed his tape? I mean, that's obvious, right? It's just a cool story. It's just fun. But in that article, it was also mentioned that Travis Etienne is still the clear RB1. Etienne, going to be the bell cow, more than likely taking 60% of the opportunity. But we're probably looking at 30% for Tank Bigsby, 10% for Jamichael Hasty, unless Tank Bigsby can take over on third downs or Travis Etienne can expand his pass game repertoire. Either way, Tank Bigsby. Getting lots and lots of hype for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Travis Etienne is still the RB1. And that was the most important takeaway was, yeah, there's all this love for Tank Bigsby, how great he is, all these stories about him, all how impressed the coaches are. But Travis Etienne is still the RB1. So always make sure you read the whole article. Don't just take the quotes, the headlines, the highlights, the clickbait. That's why you tune into Player Profiler today, because we decipher all of that for you. Final update on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Evan Engram is back working out with the team. He is working out with Trevor Lawrence. He's working out with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. The trio, or the quad now with the four of them, got together with Trevor Lawrence in Scottsdale, Arizona. The young guys came as well. I don't know if there were running backs that were at this camp. It didn't say if it was just the receivers and the tight ends. But said the young guys were there, so I have to imagine that Brenton Strange was there, which looks like a bad draft pick now that they've landed Evan Ingram for three more years. And we'll probably see Parker Washington there, too. The Penn State wide receiver liked that pick. But anyways, Jaguars, all is good now that Evan Ingram is signed. Everything is copacetic. Everyone is happy. Love that for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't love this for the Dallas Cowboys, though. Zach Martin. The all-pro left, or right guard, sorry. All-pro right guard who has been a all-pro six years in a row. Probably the best guard, arguably the best lineman in the NFL. And according to Madden, he is the best lineman in the NFL. For some reason, Trent Williams went from a 99 last year to a 98, even though he was just as dominant as ever. I don't understand that in the slightest, but... I do understand and respect Zach Martin being elevated to a 99 overall. The first guard to receive a 99 overall since 2003. Of course, that was who? Oh, that was Larry Allen, the other Dallas Cowboys guard. So congrats to Zach Martin for that. And that's why he may hold out for part of training camp. And obviously, he's not going to skip the whole thing for training camp. The fines would just be too damn much. But maybe he skips a week. Or maybe he shows up and, ah, coach, you know, I got, I got this headache, got this migraine going on. I can't practice today. Sorry, coach, had still bothering me. I can't practice. I just can't. Much like we saw Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara do. So I don't think it'll be a true holdout, but he's already threatening it. And it's because Zach Martin, despite being arguably the best offensive lineman, he is down there in terms of guard salaries he's making 14 million dollars per year he signed a long extension a couple years ago to get him to this point but now this year he's making 13 and a half million that puts him behind Wyatt Teller that puts him behind Brandon Scherf Joel Batonio and Joe Tooney who are all making 16 million Elton Jenkins the Packers guard slash tackle he's making 17 million 
Quentin Nelson is making 20 million and Quentin Nelson did not have a good year last year at at all. Zach Martin, I'd still take Zach Martin over Quentin Nelson. And then the highest paid guard in the NFL, Chris Lindstrom just signed his big contract, $20.5 million. That's $7 million more than Zach Martin. And if I'm building a team, I'd probably rather have Chris Lindstrom because he's younger, more long-term. But right now, I'd rather have Zach Martin. And so the fact that he is making $7 million less than yeah, just doesn't make sense. So we'll see if he actually does hold out. The Cowboys are in some money trouble right now. Not that they don't have money, but CeeDee Lamb wants a contract and he deserves one and he's going to get one. Trayvon Diggs wants a contract and he deserves one and he's going to get one. Terrence Steele, the right tackle. They're working on an extension for him as well. and. They have to redo Dak Prescott's contract before next year because next year his salary cap is going to be the highest in the NFL. It's going to be around $50 million, which is about one quarter of the entire salary entire salary cap for one player. And that is untenable. They cannot have Dak Prescott commanding that much of the salary cap. So we'll have to redo his contract. There's going to be a lot of contract shuffling for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see how that shakes out and we'll see where Denzel Mims lands. Denzel Mims is going to be cut by the New York Jets. He's going to be waived unless they can reach a deal with some sort of team. It sounds as though that's not going to happen. The Jets are only looking for a conditional seventh round pick. The Dallas Cowboys have been called by the Jets. The Jets saying, hey, well, you know, Denzel Mims, you know, you were interested in him last year. You want him now? We're we're willing to get rid of him now because we're going to cut him. I don't know where he'll end up, but... Poor Denzel Mims just never worked out in the NFL. Six foot three, 207 pounds with four, three, eight speed. The guy is an athlete dominated at the senior bowl. So does he actually have it? Cause he showed out against the best competition as a rookie. Is it the jets or is it Denzel Mims? I don't know. Only 42 receptions, only set 676 yards in three years. No touchdowns for Denzel Mims either. So I don't know, but I do know, I hope it works out for Denzel Mims. Send him to the Carolina Panthers, send him to the Houston Texans, send him to a depth chart that he can crack. The Buccaneers, because they don't have a wide receiver five right now. It's Kalen Geiger is the wide receiver five for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers behind Russell Gage and Trey Palmer. So send him there, send him somewhere where he's got a chance of playing. But did it before Hard Knocks kicked off. At the very least, we're not going to see that in Hard Knocks. I'm just happy. I know I'm disappointed that Denzel Mims is going to be cut. I hope it works out well for him. But training camp is back. The news is flying in. It is a great time to be a fantasy football fan. Make sure you keep tuning into Player Profiler today for all of that football news across the NFL because there is going to be plenty in the coming weeks. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.